Hello and welcome, my friends. This is Story You Talk Radio, and I am your host, Coach Debbie. We offer coaching for writers and creatives here. And this show airs live every Thursday at 4 p.m. And we offer an encore show at KKNW on Friday mornings, 6 a.m. Pacific Time and 9 a.m. Eastern Time. We bring you a new topic every single week. Today, I want to talk to you about this idea of breaking up with the mean pals so that you get a chance to look at your habits and how to really establish effective and quality writing time. Now, we never, never intend to have bad habits or to have people circled around us that don't support our writing. And at the same time, if we do intend for great habits and great people, we're going to have a far better chance. I've noticed that it is in my passive unintentions that have led me down paths that I didn't want to be on. I didn't necessarily want these particular people in my writing groups or these particular habits I had acquired. But when I decided to attend and be very intentional about my people and my habits, everything changed. What I like to do is offer topics that I believe are going to be really pertinent to you. And you can help me with this by either visiting my Facebook page and offering questions or just comments to help me know certain topics that are on your mind. Or like many of my listeners, feel free to always reply to any of the newsletters and just let me know what's on your mind. And thirdly, you can go to coachdebbie.com. That's my webpage. Debbie is spelled D-E-B-B-Y, coachdebbie.com. And just click on connect. And when you do that, you'll get fields that you can type in just your name and email and then just any question or comment you'd like to leave for me. I'll tell you that today's came, I I was sitting over here just sort of licking a few wounds, but as some notes came in today and over the holiday and earlier last week, I started to think, you know, it's funny how we will often vibrate on the same topic. And the best I could do with combining your letters and my experiences was to come up with this notion that sometimes we got to break up with the old stuff we never intended to have around us so that we can be more attentional about what we actually do want, the relationship we really do want to have with our writing. So right off the bat, I just want to say thank you to Jennifer. You were a huge inspiration 
while I was working on this topic. And we're going to bring in some of what you wrote down. And also to James, um, a little inspiration came from you, but some great questions. So we'll be bringing your content in as well. And for the listeners today, live listeners, it's not too late. If you have a question, you can call in. And the number is 1-888-298-5569. You can also write to me directly And I would be more than happy to take your question. So write to my email, which is Debbie at CoachDebbie.com. So Debbie is D-E-B-B-Y. Debbie at CoachDebbie.com. And I will be sure to highlight your question on today's show. Just a few recent shows that we did, in case you missed them, last week we focused on what it feels like when you start to bump your head up against those upper limits, or sometimes people call it the glass ceiling. It really has a lot to do with our beliefs of how great something can be, and we, we got into talking about what does it look like when you're, you're focused more on possibilities and less just on the realities around you. And I gave some examples of people that have really been thriving in my coaching. So go ahead and check that show out about the upper limits. And two others that were quite popular this summer were on editing. One was about editing the fluff that we tend to sometimes get lazy around and keep in our copy or our posts. And another was editing essentials part two, where we really went into the different phases of editing all the way from brainstorming maybe your book or your brand new speech or your podcast and going all the way into high quality proofreading and the steps in between. So check those out, the upper limits and the two on editing and anything else. Anytime you're over there listening to the podcast version, I always appreciate it if you take a minute and send in just a few lines of review. It's good for the show and it's good for my branding. So thank you so much. Well, let's start to look at some of those who's and what's and wins that are kind of our patterns that we need to examine around the people we allow close to our writing. Now, you would think if I'm writing, say, a short story or a long story, a 
short speech or a long speech, or maybe I'm starting my new podcast, or maybe I'm working on even an assignment for school, an essay, an article. Maybe even you're doing something in the love and romance area. You might think that some of the best who's to take your writing to would be your close friends and family members. And it might be true. It might be that they are very, very trusted people when it comes to great writing. But I just want to put out a little warning here and ask, who is it that you allow to see and comment on those early drafts you're writing And why are you picking those who's? You might be picking them because you have a good relationship with them. And I I do, I see why that makes sense. But do they have a great relationship with writing and being creative? Because if they don't, guess what can happen? They might project some of their fears and their apprehensions on you and your wonderful writing. So let's say your bestie, your bestie is coming over today and you have just written a beautiful letter that you're about to send off to, I don't know, maybe your grandma Maybe you and your grandma, when you were growing up, had a wonderful relationship. And in adulthood, you became estranged. And you don't want to keep it that way. You're becoming more of a sensitive person. And you just would feel much more comfortable if you took the high road and closed the gap. So you have now written your grandma a lovely letter But your bestie is coming over today and maybe you're going to have lunch together and you're thinking, I'm going to let my bestie read this letter and give me advice. Well, that might be a good idea, especially if your bestie has a great relationship with writing. But I don't know if it's such a great idea if your bestie has a mediocre or not so good relationship with writing. And you're going to find out as soon as you put that letter in his or her hands. So you might want to find this out first because allowing someone that you trust to read your words is a great idea. But they also have to have a pretty good relationship with writing or they're not going to see all the good stuff that you're up to. In other words, um, someone told me after writing a wonderful resume that she couldn't see if she had done it well or not. And the reason was She doesn't have the best relationship with writing. She does, on the other hand, have a great ability to get out there and interview well. 
And all those skills came out in her resume. She was a little upset when I only had one tiny idea of how she might improve her resume. She kept saying, but I'm not a great writer. And I said, well, guess what? You've put together a great resume because of how you relate with job and how you relate with being interviewed and how you relate to having an excitement around being something new. It's really come out in your resume. And I was able to give her that feedback because I have a good relationship with writing. She, on the other hand, wasn't really able to see how good it was going because she didn't have as good of a relationship with writing. She wasn't trusting herself, but she trusted me to be able to see what was working well. I honestly believe we never intend to have a negative relationship with those that we allow to read our stuff. We never intend for that. But here's the trick. They need to have a positive relationship with writing in order to really see what we're doing well. It's important. And it doesn't mean that they have to be a five-time award-winning book author. It doesn't mean that at all. But it does mean that they are clean and experienced in some way as a writer, and possibly they're your good friend. But to only have a good friend look at it and not have some quality experience behind them with writing, you're just going to get their fears. Not all the time, but some of the time. So for example, one person that I had to stop allowing to see my writing was an office mate. And she was this person that did a lot of uh, technical support. We shared an office together. And because she was so good at it, and she was so good at directing people on the telephone, I just thought she would be excellent at giving me quality writing um, feedback. She also was a very positive person. So here's what would happen. I would put something in front of her and ask her if she would take a look at it and let me know if it was ready to go out. And she would usually say things like, oh, looks like over here you, uh, you missed this needs to be a capital. And oh, it looks like over here Uh, You made it possessive. Uh, Oh, looks like over here you forgot the plural. So in other words, she wasn't able to tell me, did the message come through? Did it land well? Did you feel invited? Did you feel included? Can you see that this is a succinct idea that I'm proposing? All she was able to do was what she's good at, see the technical achievement and the technical error. And actually, I'm quite able to see that too. 
And I was thankful that she would usually point out one or two or three technical errors that had gotten past me. But what I wasn't so happy about was that here we did share this office together and I I couldn't really rely on her to see the bigger picture. She just didn't comment on those things. Now, I wouldn't say that I needed to necessarily break up with her or that she was a no good pal. It wasn't on that level, but it was those early stages of realizing she wasn't the best who. She wasn't the best person to get a full and holistic point of view about my writing. So that's just kind of the very superficial level, the top level that you want to think about. Who is someone to look at your writing and who isn't? When we come back, we're going to go a little bit deeper into those what's and wins, those situations, those characteristics, those those habits. And uh, we're going to get kind of in the weeds. So stay tuned. We're going to come right back with Story You Talk Radio. Hi, this is Marilyn Milano. If you love animals, then please check out my new show, Love Has Many Faces, Tuesdays from 9 to 9.30 a.m. right here on Alternative Talk 1150. I'll be talking with rescue groups, animal advocates, and other organizations that help animals, sharing their stories, and giving our listeners some tangible ways in which they can help make a difference. That's Love Has Many Faces, Tuesdays at 9 a.m. right here on Alternative Talk 1150. Raising awareness, touching hearts, and saving animals' lives. Wherever you go, Alternative Talk 1150 is here for you. And welcome back to Story You Talk Radio. Thank you for joining me. I'm your host, Coach Debbie. And today we are really looking at the who's and the what's and the when's who and what and when are you showing your writing and in what ways are you being intentional about it? Because if you're not intentional, you might be hanging out with those people and those situations and those bad habits that eventually down the road, you're going to have to do some breakup with because it just didn't serve you well. In the first part of the show, we were really just looking at the the very superficial level of kind of protecting your writing when it's in those early infancy stages and not just sending it off to someone who might only see some technical little problems or who might, in fact, be a dear friend, but they don't necessarily have any close relationship with writing. In fact, they might even have a negative relationship with writing. And like I said, it has been my experience. I can even say it's been the experience of many people that have come to me and they've had really difficult times in communities or with teachers. And they just said that 
they felt really, really criticized in those early stages, and they stopped writing for very long periods of time. If you're thinking someone is trustworthy because they're a friend or because they have authority, but they don't necessarily value your whole relationship with writing, you might not receive the sort of feedback that's going to give your writing the greatest impact. It could even give it really negative impact. That's uh, one of the topics that we really go deep into with some of my 40-day and 90-day programs. You're always welcome to check those out at CoachDebbie.com. And that's spelled D-E-B-B-Y, CoachDebbie.com. I do have one coming up called InstaVision. And I think this is really going to be helpful, especially if you're listening to this show live or the Encore show. You're very aware we have just stepped into fall. And that means we are entering the fourth quarter of the year. So whatever you wanted to do this year, it's either wrap up time for that, or if you like to do things the way I like to do things, it's sort of startup time for 2023. This is the time of year I really like to get excited about what the new year can bring. And so I would love to help you create that next chapter of your life and not feel like you have to drag it out for the next two to five or 10 years, but that you can actually really take three months to gear up and get ready for big promises and big possibilities and big change. This can always be great and wonderful and positive change, especially if you're planning it, as opposed to some sort of sudden, sneaky, overwhelming change that you had no idea was coming down the pike. The more you can be planning for the big changes you want to make and get stable in that, the less you'll feel tipped over by the surprises that come your way because you were being so intentional. You were giving your attention in a certain direction. So if you get tapped on the shoulder by something surprising, you'll be able to address it from a much more stable and steady place. And you won't feel so knocked off your your rocker by it, as we like to say. So let's get back to some of these places where we might do a little releasing. We might even break up with some of the mean pals and those unstable habits that are really affecting our writing. I got this letter from Jennifer last week, and it it came at a very timely um Well, a timely time. How do we say that? (laughs) It was timely when it rolled in. It reminded me of a situation that was really hard for me because the details were so similar. And Jennifer is a retreat leader 
she's far more experienced at it than I am. I have held a few retreats. She is now in her ninth year of offering retreats. And she said, uh, at this particular retreat, however, something I never could have envisioned happened. And it happened on the last day when I was most tired. Now, I just want to pause there quickly because I think that's significant. I think it is very significant that when our our resources are low, it is harder to deal with the thing that we didn't see coming. Anyway, she goes on to say, we were wrapping up one of our circles Everyone in the circle knows it is completely up to them if they are going to share from their journal prompt that morning or not. I do not hold anyone account I do not hold anyone accountable to share. At the same time, the more people who share, the better. I didn't see it coming, but people started to want more time to speak. We were running out of time. I didn't want the retreat to go over. And a near fight broke out between two women that were sitting next to each other. I was very tired. And looking back, I didn't feel that I handled the situation well at all. The one girl shared something very vulnerable while the woman next to her dove in and offered heartfelt but unasked for advice. I should have stepped in right there, but I didn't. In fact, I let it go way too long. What can you share with me so that this never happens again? And Jennifer, I just want to say that you you made it to your ninth year of leading retreats before something like this happened. If I understand your letter, right. And that right there is a huge accomplishment that your people feel safe with you. And that although something did pop up that challenged you, you, you go strong and you know that. So don't let that go away. You are strong at what you do. But to acknowledge what you have proposed here, um, I have felt this in my Zoom rooms at time where someone brings up something that is deep. Maybe they wrote it in their journal and there is someone nearby that had a similar experience and they jump right in and they give their advice And they, you know, they want to be lifelong friends and they're seeing this tie and the vulnerable person doesn't feel that way. They want to break away from that person. It's not at the stage of a breakup. They just want to break away and they need the help from leadership. So what I want to suggest, Jennifer, is first of all, what I just said, you've been very successful leading these retreats for a long time. So don't discount that. Another thing was you, you couldn't control who sat next to who or who was going to offer up what. But one thing that 
I just know from experience, and I mean, this took a lot of experience, is that sometimes when it is a journal prompt, we have to set the stage deeply for all of those who are participating. We have to let people know when someone shares, they also get to be in control if they want feedback or not. This is really, really important. And honestly, Jennifer, it took me a long time and a lot of situation to realize that the person speaking, the person who is sharing their journal prompt needs to have that ultimate control that they get to say, I do not want any feedback. I just want to be able to share. I was once in a writing group that would meet at a bakery. It was on East Lake in Seattle, Washington. It may even still go on, but it was a writing group that where you could come, you would sit at different tables, different weeks, meet different people, was very diverse. But one of the ground rules was you are always free to share and you are never free while you are sitting at the table in a group to give feedback. It is only the teacher who does it. And at first I thought, what a rule. But I came to really appreciate that because one of the greatest habits so that you never have to break up with someone being mean to you and your writing is to establish when the very, very specifics, not just who gives you feedback, but when you will receive feedback and when your writing is in its infancy stage, it's early, you're drafting, and when you are working with people that you might not know well, or you might not know their relationship to writing that well. Those are times when you're not necessarily supposed to feel open to everyone's feedback. And if you trust the teacher and want to welcome that, by all means, do it. But don't feel as though you must, just because you shared be open to the feedback of others. You might notice this when there are couples or when mother-daughters come to writing circles together. You might notice it when uh, business besties show up together. I'm sure I'm guilty as all get out giving advice to friends simply because it's what I do and it's what I'm trained to do. I think I have to really work extra hard at asking people, did you want me to comment on that, you know, or were you just sharing? Because it is by my nature to just launch in and tell people right away how well they're doing and think of one area where they might improve. It's like my nature. And I'm sure there's plenty of people that have wanted to break away from me, let alone break up with me. 
And that is where it gets really tricky, where too much has come up and you actually want to break up. So let me just lay out a few things about honoring your writing before we talk about how you might go through a little breaking up if it's gotten really sticky and you're feeling like you're getting far more feedback than you ever wanted from one particular person or that it's it's just a no good thing and if you don't draw a boundary it's going to keep going on i want you to think about this and that is your writing is just like any sort of relationship that you honor. You know, you honor your relationship with your best friends, your family, your coworkers. You honor your relationship with your money, I hope, your free time, I hope, your living environment. And you need to honor your relationship with your money. You need to honor it with your space. You need to honor it with your time. And you need to honor your relationship with your writing. In other words, it's important to protect your writing from people and from certain situations when it's the early drafting stage. It's very important to be honest and simple, but I don't know if it's all that important to just run around being naked and vulnerable and childlike when you're in the early stages of writing. That's not really protecting and honoring your writing. That's something you work up to. Another way you might honor your writing is be quiet before you be writing. Let yourself be in a quiet space, not space where you're pounding music in your ears, but you're actually in a space where you can hear yourself talk. You can hear your own feelings. Another way to honor yourself is to be somewhat structured. In other words, know how much time you have to give to your writing or know exactly the notebook you're going to reach for for particular types of writing. I have a notebook for personal writing. I have a notebook for business writing. Also think about the fact that you don't want to be rushed when you write. You might come up with a great idea and hurry it down onto paper before you forget it. But that's very different than honoring your writing time and your relationship with it. And I also want to say one way you can have a very healthy relationship with your writing is to keep a list of your values and your purposes for your writing. Because if you don't know why you're doing it, and who you're doing it for, and what the purpose is, and when you want to send it out. Again, those who's, those what's, those wins. It's going to be hard to have a clean relationship with it. You won't be attentive. You won't be intentional. 
the people around you in your writing circle will be just there and more haphazard. And it might lead you to wanting to break away. It might even lead to you wanting to break up with them. So we're going to get into the hardest part of this right after this last break. How is it that you break up with those mean pals and those mean habits for your writing? Come right back. We'll be right here. Every person with a disability deserves equity in education, employment, and their community. Sherwood Community Services takes pride in serving all people with disabilities and their families since 1957, including in rural areas and non-native English-speaking communities. Sherwood provides service in Snohomish, Skagit, and Island Counties. Sherwood is open for referrals for telehealth and virtual support for children and adults with disabilities. To find out more, visit SherwoodCS.com. Sherwood, believing in abilities. Conversation you won't find on the rest of the dial. Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back to Story You Talk Radio. I have been talking to you about a topic I think we need to be really gentle about. And that is who do you allow to see your writing? Because sometimes it leads to us wanting to break away from some of those people or even break up with allowing them to be the critics and those who give feedback to our writing. There's certain situations that sometimes when we're so eager about writing, we just find ourselves in and we weren't very intentional about it. For example, you might be someone that will go to any old writing group just to keep yourself writing. And while that might be a great strategy for a very short period of time, it's not going to serve you in the long run to just go anywhere. Not at all. You want to start finding your people so you can grow. It's just like a plant. A plant needs to be in certain types of soil. Not any old dirt will serve every single kind of plant, (laughs) right? Not any old bad criticism is going to serve any old writer. You want to be in an environment that's healthy for you. Another thing is sometimes when we're not being really intentional, we end up in time-wasting activities where maybe we're promoting someone else's writing and we do it over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. And we think it's going to lead to the table turning and our writing being promoted. But in the end, we're just sort of getting manipulated. Our time and energy, our skills are just being used. You have to think about that. Where do you just quickly, I'll call it the wins, When, W-H-E-N, when are you quick to say, yes, I'll show up for that. Yes, I'll do that for you. Yes, I can take on that project. And pretty soon, the other writer is someone you want to break away from or even break up with. You just feel like, no, this has ended. 
ended up being kind of manipulative. And, and at that point, you have to sort of take responsibility that you were actually the one saying yes to those situations. You might even be in working environments where there's a lot of volunteer uh, opportunities coming your way. And you feel as a good Samaritan that you have the skills and you should, but shoulds don't usually lead to people prospering. In fact, I'll tell you, there isn't anyone in the 1% that follows shoulds. <laughs> You've probably noticed that. They, uh, they really think about what is going to either benefit the whole or just benefit them. And the people I think that do well volunteering are the students, because think about it. A student is doing what? A student is studying. And soon they will graduate and soon they will go on. But while they're studying, sure, volunteering a little here and there to work on their chops, that's a great idea. Once you're wealthy, once you're wealthy with your time and your income, you you probably could give back with your skills on a volunteer level. But all the rest of us in the middle, that's really not what kind of relationship building we want to be doing, volunteering all the time. It's just going to use up our resources and our time. It's going to cause us to want to break away or to break up. So I want to point out that often writers will say to me, I, in fact, it was James. Where did James, I, I wrote down, James asked this question. And unfortunately, I miss this. This came in at the tail end of a show, but I think it's really pertinent to our topic today. And he said, one of the hardest parts for me about writing is that I get bursts of inspiration and then I take long vacation. For example, we're in the middle of summer now and I can't even imagine getting back to my writing. I can't even imagine what it was I was working on before I set it aside. I'm having a great summer, but I don't know how I'll jump back in. I guess it always works out, but I'm really open to anything you could offer. Now, the reason I wanted to bring that to this topic is because James is admitting that at the end of summer, he would be starting that new phase again with writing. So when you're in the new phase, it's good to look back and ask yourself, what has served me and what hasn't? If you know what hasn't served you, it's usually been a series of you either saying yes or you being manipulated and just going along and going along and going along until you got to a point where you wanted to break away or break up. If you can identify those places, then you can really start fresh. But let's say you're not like James. 
You're not someone who is going to start fresh and you actually need to be jumping in with someone that isn't serving you. Maybe it's someone that keeps showing up at writer's group and always wants to help you. Or maybe it's someone that takes over the conversations and you feel like you don't get to offer what you have to say. Maybe it's someone that's just darn right critical of you. I have some ideas for you. One is if you're going to talk to a person about how they treat your writing, one idea is that you really want to do it in person or at the very least, you want them to be able to hear your voice on the phone. I can't even tell you some of the stories I've heard of how people have tried to resolve things in text messaging or in emails. You might even be able to do it in an email if you're a fabulous writer and you can really bring in the tone of what you're trying to say. But so many things go south when a person either can't see your face or they can't hear your voice and hear your intonation. And the only thing they have to go on are the words and unfortunately, their own mind getting in the way of hearing it. So for example, in James' situation, he'll be coming back to his writing, perhaps just with a fresh slate. And he might choose to start with a whole new group of people, or he might choose to go back and be with people that have served him well. But it just wouldn't be a great idea to meander back into a group where things went okay, but there were some things left unsaid, and maybe it won't come up this time. And if it does, I'm just going to get the heck out of here. That's, that's not the approach you want to have. You want to be more intentional and gutsy about what you're up to. So let's say, let's say you go back to a writer's group and there is someone in the group that you want to talk to and you have broken away from them for the summer. You have left all your your mm, habits around writing and your communities around writing, but now it's time to go back. The, the breakup conversation might go something like this. It might be, hey, I've really been looking forward to talking to you because I admire your writing and I admire all the risk you've taken to be a really great writer. But I just want to tell you that sometimes, it's been my experience, sometimes, um, and from there you're going to have to share something really honest with them. Maybe it's like, Sometimes when I've shared my answers to the journal prompts, I've just felt like you've jumped in with advice before I've asked for the advice and it's hurt me. I don't think you know it, but 
I don't really want to go into that again. I, I actually want to just know that when I put out my stuff and I'm a little vulnerable in the group that maybe you would be willing to wait for me to ask for some feedback before you jump in and offer it, even though, even though I really do value you as a writer, you can say something like that. Now the person might uh, be able, they might have the interpersonal skills to completely hear you and go, oh, absolutely. Of course. In fact, I'm really glad you told me that. That's really good feedback for me. They might get defensive, but that's not your problem. They might, uh, they might shut down a little. And again, that's not your problem. But just let yourself have that chance to take the risk that your writing matters so much that you're going to stand up for it. You're going to say something. It's a bit of a breaking away. You had you had maybe a pause from them, but before you completely break up with them, you can say something like that. If you feel like you really, really do need to have a breakup with them, consider this. Consider telling them, and again, if you can do it face-to-face or on the phone so they can hear you, I think that's always best. But tell them, I try these words. These words have served me. I have something that I respectfully and honestly want to say to you, even though I think it's going to sound brutal. Say something like this. I have something that I want to share with you. I want to say it respectfully, but I know it might sound brutal. And then tell them, I really, when I, when I come to these writing groups or when I ask you to read your drafts, I really only want to know what you feel is working well. I don't want your critiques anymore. I really don't want any critiques anymore. I just want to know what's working well. Now, the experienced writer understands how much growth comes from this. The inexperienced writer believes in this thing called constructive criticism, which often isn't constructive at all. They believe in getting evaluated. They believe that their peers should have an authority position. I'm going to suggest that you honor your values as a writer and your principles as a writer and that you protect your writing by only giving authority of your writing to someone that's teaching you or coaching you or that you are paying for their advice in some shape, way, shape, or form. Because when you're in a peer environment, to receive critique and very, very little good judgment from them is to almost blindly accept that they've become your authority. And sooner or later, you're going to want to break up with them. You just are. 
It's like being in a love relationship and making the mistake of having that person be more like an idol than a friend and lover. You don't want that. You want to be on equal ground. You want to be on steady ground. So if you're on the brink of a breakup with this person, but you want to give it one final final go, I would be honest and tell them this is probably going to sound brutal, but I just don't want the critique. I only want to know from your experience what's going well in my writing. And finally, 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 if the person is cold or mean, just downright mean to you, have the courage if they confront you to just say something really matter of fact, honest, and leave it. Leave it for another time. And it might be something like this. Hey, I heard your opinions and I'm just going to let them rest and walk away. Or, hey, I appreciate your skills as a writer, but they're actually not serving me and let it rest. Or, hey, I think your intentions are probably better than your words right now, and I'm going to step away. Be really, really clear, even though it might sound brutal to them, even though it might sound like a forever goner to them, like you're never, ever going to be seen again. Allow yourself to come across that way if you need to. Be strong. Value your writing. I hope this has served you and I would be happy to continue conversations. You can always write to me, D-E-B-B-Y at CoachDebbie.com. We bring you new topics every Thursdays. And until next week, namaste, my friends.